Welcome to episode number two of the Down in the Dirt podcast, where we are getting dirty talking baseball. I am your host, Carson Lee, and today I'm freaking excited because the first guest on the podcast is going to be my good buddy, Peter Jorgen, Mr. Pete Jorgen. How you doing, bud? Doing well. How about yourself? Doing great. I'm glad we could finally get this knocked out. So let me tell you guys a little bit about Pete. So Pete is from Dayton, Ohio, correct? Sir. He is an outfielder and a catcher. He went to the University of Findlay, which is a D2 in the Great Midwest Conference. Mm-hmm. Everything right so far? Uh, they switched to the Great Midwest after uh, I graduated. We were actually in the Great Lakes Intercollegiate Athletic Conference. Oh, so now they're in the Great Midwest. Yes. I gotcha. Yeah. So Pete was a four-year starter. Um, he started 31 games his freshman year, then all 45 his senior year. He was a career 356 hitter. Uh, with a 20-game hitting streak and three career home runs. Then he went on to play in Bakersfield, California with the Bakersfield Train Robbers, where he ended up winning a championship. Knocked me out of the playoffs, unfortunately. (laughs) He has himself some bling. And uh, he finished out the year with the Florence Freedom, where he is re-signed for next year. So, let's get going. Let's do it. All right, so to get started, we're here in Florida, living the life. It's amazing down here. How's everything been going for you being down here, man? It's fun, dude. Um, obviously, being back in Ohio, it was freezing cold when I was up yeah. there. So coming down here, it was definitely a blast. I'm sure you're happy to get out of the uh, the, su- the snow and be down here in the sun. Well, when I flew down here, have the pool behind us. Yeah. When I flew down here, I was in sweats and a sweatshirt, and as soon as I got off the plane here, everyone looked at me like I was <laughs> absolutely crazy. Dude, that's like me, like going to the gym. I'm still wearing my beanie because it keeps the, my head from from getting a sweat. You know, from my ears on mm-hmm. it, and so I'm still in beanie season from being in Houston, and people are just like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> like, hey, this is how I get in the zone. All right, so let's get started. So actually, my first question is also a question from one of our uh, Instagram people, okay. Mr. Spencer Pitts, uh, SD Pitts 2 He asked, how long have you been playing? And that's what I was going to start with, to tell me how you got started playing baseball. You know, I'm sure you have the same story as all, all of us, but how young you were, um, you know, kind of how you got started from Little League to football to high school. Take us through the journey. Uh, honestly, I can't I couldn't even tell you the first time I started actually picking up a bat. I mean, I was that young. I think my first word was ball, actually. But anything that involved, you know, a ball I played growing up. But uh, baseball, I think, I want to say I picked it up around three, three or four. You know, everybody, same thing, went through t-ball. Um Grew up, started playing coach pitch, getting into the select stage, and then uh, after that, got into high school, college, you know, just like everybody else, so, um, yeah, it was a fun time, though. So, did you do travel ball and everything growing up? Yeah, uh, I think I was 10 or 11 when I started doing travel ball. Yeah, same with us. Where did, did y'all just play around Ohio, or would y'all go, like, out of state, too? Um, no. When I was real young, we stayed around Ohio. I think the farthest out we went was maybe Indiana or Kentucky. Did y'all, um, do, did y'all do any of the Big World Series, anything no, like that? No, we never did anything yeah. like that. It was just major tournaments or just around the area and stuff like that. And then once we got in the high school and college, then we started going all over the place for that. So so you played, you said you played multiple sports growing up, right? Mm-hmm. Picking up different balls and stuff. So what was your favorite sport outside of baseball? Oh, that's tough. Um, because growing up I played soccer, basketball, um, played backyard football stuff like that um 
I would probably have to say growing up, soccer was my second favorite because that was, for me, that was my football because my parents wouldn't let me play growing up, um, even though I ended up playing when I was in, like, middle school. But I just never had, like, the act to play after that. Um, so soccer, just because I think that was probably my other physical sport that I was able to do. So what uh, when you got to high school, what was – what was your baseball experience like in high school from your freshman year throughout your senior year as far as trying out for the team? Um, you know, like in Texas, we had a pre-high school summer team that we had to try out for, and we played we played on. And, you know, our coach couldn't coach it, but he would watch, mm-hmm. watch come to all the games. Um, so that was our freshman year. And then obviously, you know, that would help us pre-tryout once the tryouts came right. to get onto the team. Um, so did y'all have anything like that freshman year or what was that kind of process like making the transition from middle school to high school and going from travel ball to, to high school ball? Cause I feel like a lot of people kind of have trouble making that transition right. just cause you know, travel ball is so relaxed and just let's have fun to high school. You start getting a little bit more pressured and kids think, well, you know, I'm don't, if I don't make the team freshman year, I'm done with baseball. Exactly. Which it's not the truth. You still have four years to develop and play but also mm-hmm. find a you know find a way on the team right so for me where I went to school we were actually uh, we were a small division one school um, so what's what's division one like so for, division one is like the highest level that you can get in the state okay um, so that's a pretty big it, population yeah okay pretty big so, population. Like, yeah for like for Texas I think that'd be like 5a 5a okay, yeah. yeah I so was about to thing. say I don't know I know I've heard of like 5a double a stuff like that but I'm not really familiar with okay, it, yeah. so that's, that's the same thing. D, yeah, D one's the biggest, the highest level that you can get to. Um, so going off of that, we were normally a powerhouse for that level. Um, you know, we always were in contention for a district title or a regional title, stuff like that. So, um, you know, freshman year it was it was pretty mind blowing because, like you said, summer ball, like growing up, summer ball, it's all fun. You know, getting everything. You know meeting new guys, getting used to the playing, stuff like that. And then once you get to high school, you're thrown in, you're thrown into the fire with yeah, everybody, exactly. you know, cause it's all, it's all four levels. You're playing with guys that are, you know, 17, 18 years old and stuff like that. So, um, for me, it was fun. Um, you know, because I had, uh, done some camps and stuff through the, that was ran through the high school. So the coaches knew who I was and stuff. And I was actually neighbors with our high school head coach. So he knew, about me before I even stepped foot on uh, in high school. Um, so when I was a freshman, I actually started out on JV. Uh, I got called up as a catcher. And um, so when I did that, uh, was there for a little bit. And then before they made the final uh, roster decisions and everything before the season started, I got bumped down to freshman because there was guys on varsity that they dropped the JV. Yeah. So, yeah. and they, they were only allowed to carry, you know, a certain number of guys and, uh, I remember the coach calling me in and telling me, he's like, you know, I would love to keep you, but it's because the guys that are in front of you. So, dropped down to freshman ball my f- uh, first year and did pretty well, you know, basically went down and got my work in. And uh, funny story is my uh, one of my coaches p- played for your uh, favorite team. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he was a... Uh, Red Sox guy? Yeah, he was a Red Sox guy. Uh, awesome. He was a cool guy, dude. He was awesome to pick his brain. Um, Who was it? Uh, Scott Jones was his name. He was uh, a pitcher. I uh, I, ring a bell. Off the top of my head, I can't remember what level he got to. But uh, his claim to fame was uh, he struck out David Ortiz in a minor league all-star game. <laughs> that must have been back when he was with the Twins. Back yeah, when he was it, still yeah, coming, yep. still coming up. That's young right. David. 
But no, nah, he was he was awesome, you know, being a pitcher, but he also knew the hitting aspect. So there was days when we had practice inside, he would throw to us. And like he would give us like a certain situation or like to have an approach in the game. Yeah. So he would like break off change ups and curveballs to us like first pitch and he's like if it's not a fastball and you swing at it like get out of the cage yeah like it was, it was pretty tough and, that, and that's huge at such a young age to be able to have that kind of uh, development but like so much it's, it's a farther along development than exactly just doing the fundamentals it's actually you know breaking down the game in such a different aspect which i feel like so many guys that are young don't get the game in that 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 way you know, right they, everyone yeah. talks about fundamentals and doing stuff this way so the fact you're able to have that i feel mm -hmm. like that only helped further your development as a player absolutely yeah so um yeah he knew a lot of, a lot about the game so it was cool to have somebody that has been there experienced it you know to be able to pick his brain on stuff like that too so and then so going from freshman year now let's go to your sophomore junior senior year when did you get get on to varsity so i actually Going into my sophomore year, I started out on JV. So I was actually converted into a shortstop after my freshman year. Really? I, uh, I had a knee injury my freshman year, which uh, kept me from catching. And trying to find me a spot in the lineup, um, you know, they are just like, well, can you play short? And I was like, yeah, you know, I have no pain in my knee unless I get down into a catcher's uh, stance. So I uh, was able to play short, did really well there, and then um, – so going into sophomore year, I was a shortstop, was on JV for like the first couple of weeks after tryouts, stuff like that. And I'm in the hallway and my head coach uh, comes up to me and goes, hey, just so you know, you're going to be on varsity uh, today. Uh, you know, I got to figure out the middle infield situation. And I was like, all right, like, cool. Um, and this is mid game? No, this this was during school. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah, so I'm in the, I was at my locker and he comes up to me in the hallway and just said, hey, you're going to be on varsity uh, for practice today. And I was like, all right, cool. Called my parents. I was like, I'm going to be uh, staying after I got, school I got today. The, I got the call. Yeah, because I, I wasn't able to drive just yet. So it was like, all right, like, you know. I'm, I'm gonna hey, y'all can pick me up tonight after dinner. I'm yeah. not going to be home. Right, exactly. So um, funny thing was I didn't even play middle infield that year. You know, I ended up being a DH, a outfielder, and I caught a few games after that. Yeah. So, But I ended up staying on varsity after that. So. Just for your junior and senior mm -hmm. year? So yeah. That's awesome. So you went up as a sophomore and then and found a way to stick. Yep. And that's what it's about. Yep. Uh, so once you get up to varsity, how how different was that from all the other levels of baseball you had played? Because I knew for me, like, that was, like, all of a sudden the competition level completely changed. Because now you're Absolutely. seeing guys, you know, when you're young, you're playing guys that are pretty much the same age. You get right. to varsity, now you're playing seniors that, you know, are 18 or freshmen that are just phenoms, and they're so God gifted that they're they're so good exactly um and then you know like you said you're doing the varsity practices which completely changes too right because they're a little bit more intense um they usually last longer and you have more mm -hmm. focus on you you know uh, there's a lot more pressure on you not to make errors during practice so mm -hmm. how how was that transition now going to really maturing and developing in the game it was pretty big I would say um going off the th what you said about everyone's, you know, older, you know, basically at that point, like seniors are grown adults, you exactly. know, and you don't think about it, but they one are. One year, one year out of college. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, you're facing guys that have full beards, you know, some of them are able to develop that way. But, um, you know, I think it worked out. Um, it's a, I mean, it is a big difference 
just because guys are able to throw a little bit harder. But depending on some of the certain high school programs, you know how yeah. who they're able to select and stuff like that. But uh, for us, we were we always scheduled some of the toughest teams in the state. That's like that's how our coach was. He wanted he wanted us to be the best, and he always wanted us to play against the best. So um, so yeah. how many how many games would y'all play? What was your season like? I my sophomore year. The only way I know off the top of my head was because we missed breaking the school record by one game. And we went 27-4. and four. So, like, 31 So, games. about 30 games. Yeah, that's, yeah. About, that's about what we did down in Texas, too. Like, 35, 40 games. Because mm-hmm. we would have, you know, 10, 10 schools in our district play everyone twice. Right. So, um, you know, I've heard other people, though, like, different states. And, obviously, up north, they play less games. So, I didn't know if right. that was the same for you guys or yeah, that was, was but that was always the worst part was, like, you know, schools down south they're starting like a month earlier just because of the weather whereas in ohio you know we're starting in like you know late march beginning of april and you know that's also not the best time of the year either yeah we get a lot of rain outs and everything it's still probably still fairly cold yeah it's freezing (laughs) so uh now let's let's start moving forward what uh when did you start looking at colleges um you know i i know from my experience and, and guys I've played with, making the decision that you want to play baseball in college, um, that's kind of a de- <laughs> excuse me a decision you have to make. Um, you know, do I want to go be a student and have a college life, or do I want to be an athlete mm-hmm. and pursue baseball? So, how did you make that decision? I feel like it's probably very easy for you. <laughs> I got something stuck in my throat. <laughs> um, <coughs> uh, but I feel like that was probably very easy for you, and then you know. Now, once you make that decision, what was the recruiting process like, and when did it start? Did you start junior year reaching out to schools or senior year? You know, How did that kind of come into play? Um, it was going into my junior year. I wasn't really like very knowledgeable about the recruiting process. Like You heard about it and stuff, but never really like thought too much into it, like how to approach schools and like how to contact them and stuff like that. Um, I know... It, it was definitely after my sophomore season when I went to my first showcase. Um, and then after that, it was like, that's at that point, that's when schools were allowed to start contacting yeah, us. Exactly. It was like the first day of summer yeah. after your sophomore year or something, like going into your junior, somewhere like that. But um, so, yeah, it was kind of overwhelming because a lot of times you're getting all these emails from schools. Like they're trying to, they're basically trying to get a profile on you, like trying to know who you are, where you play, you know, stuff like that. And then, um, and then it wasn't really I, – I was a late commit. Like, there were some guys that I knew that were juniors committing to schools. And um, I didn't commit till after Thanksgiving, I want to say, of my senior year. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like trying – you know, for me it was trying to figure out the best place where I can go academically and, you know, uh, athletically as yeah. well. Um you know, I I had a couple schools that had reached out to me and wanted me to come for visits, and in our school we were only allowed to take so many uh, official visits to miss school and everything. So yeah. I think I only took two, but I I had a couple schools looking at me, and um, you know, after the second visit, I mean, my heart was set on the University of Finley. And so, when you started that process, were you? already committed to going to a four-year school or were you considering junior college or were you just going where best best place you know best option that is on the table to play baseball um or even academically i was set on a four-year uh school at the time for me it was 
we had a thing called uh, PBR, which was a um, prep baseball report. Okay, yeah, I and, think we had that too, something, something simpler. And similar. for me, you know, I did a couple of showcases, and they were telling me, like, you know, this guy's a, a mid-D1 mid uh, recruit. Basically, he just needs to solidify a spot, you know, where, where at on the field I can play because, you know, I was a utility guy. And, um, you know, that put into my head, like, you know, I need to be looking at, like, mid-major D1 schools to be reaching out to and stuff. And, uh, you know, basically I attended one camp and got told that I wasn't even good enough to play college baseball. I think a lot of us go through that, and that's that's awesome to say that the journey has come this far. Yeah, exactly. Because at this point, you know, where, where I'm at now, I'm basically playing with house money exactly. at this point. Um, but that, that lit a fire under me. I mean, I went, I went through some depression with it just because at that point it was like, you know, everyone, every kid's dreams to play in a big league stadium. Yeah. And at that point it's like, well, you're not even good enough to play, you know, after high school. You know, I, I went through a little rough patch with that and it lit a fire under me a little bit too. It made me start working hard and just trying to prove everybody that thought that I couldn't, you know, wrong. And, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't get the D1 offers that, you know, I wanted to, but at the same time, I pick, I feel like I picked the right place to yeah, go to. Yeah, and I, I want to emphasize what you just said about someone telling you you're not good enough and then having that fire lit under your ass to go go just improve and prove yeah. them wrong. Like, that's, that is why I wanted to start this podcast, to give, share stories with, with kids that are listening mm-hmm. and show them that... You know, like I said, if just because you get cut freshman year doesn't mean you can't play college baseball. Or you're not going to make the team next year, or just because you're at a you know, um, you know, you might be playing in college, or you're not at a prestige school that you can't go on to the next level. Exactly. And uh, you know, well, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to do you as the first guest on the podcast because I know you work your ass off. I see your freaking uh, Instagram stories when you reply back to me, you know, in the off season with here's what I'm doing, and now I get a, I get a. a a video from you in my DMs. Here's what I'm doing, coming right back at you. Like I love it, and you know that's that's what I want to share with with kids, the listeners. That doesn't matter where you're at. If you put in the work, you can get to where you want to be. And you know you're one of those guys that you've you've done that and you've reaped the benefits from that hard work. Absolutely. So you know I that's something I want to emphasize. If you're listening and you don't listen to any other part of this podcast, listen to this sound bit because that's what's important. That you know. Pete went from being told he wasn't good enough in high school to now he's going on to his second professional season and he's getting a promotion to go to a higher level. Um, and that's what it's about. You know, if you believe in it, then it doesn't really matter what everyone else says. So Absolutely. At the end of the day, it's it's your it's what you put into it. It's it's your thought process, it's your heart, whether, you know, what you want to do at the end of the day. Just because somebody tells you no, you know, you don't have to listen to them. You know, obviously for me, like, it stuck and it still sticks, but I use that as fuel every day yeah. when I go to the ballpark. Like, the only thing that I love about being told no was that instilled the work ethic that I have exactly. today. And, you, you know. You don't have everything handed to you. Exactly. So it makes you want to go out and get it. Yep. You know, having to stand out from the other guys. Like, I can guarantee you, you know, no, anybody listen to this, if you – know who I am and you've seen me play. I think I know where you're going with this. If you've seen me get <laughs> walked, I do not walk to first base. You, you know, don't you don't jog either. I don't jog either. This it, is a full <laughs> full speed sprint. Like a 
I don't know track like meters or anything, but say if there was a hundred meter or whatever, what's going on here? If there was like, sorry, the computer went down, had to reset it. Uh, but there was like a hundred meter or well, 90, 90 foot, you know, race. Pete would win it every time because he busts as hard as he can to first phase after a walk. I knew exactly where you were going with that. I knew it. I was waiting for you to bring it up. But, you, <laughs> but that, 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 that goes back to what we were talking about. It's one of those things that sets you apart because if you go to a showcase as a high school guy to you know, get in front of colleges or in your college and you go to a, a pro showcase, or even if you're just playing a pro game, anywhere you do that at, like that's going to open someone's eyes. Absolutely. And that's what it's about. If you don't have a big 6'4 body – you're not th- chunking 95. You have to do something that's going to set you apart. You can't just go play a game and think that you're going to get noticed. Exactly. You know, a scout or a coach is trying to watch nine other guys. Well, actually, essentially eight teams. He's trying to watch everyone from both teams. Right. So little things like that. I, I think I told you that this year. One time uh, you walked, you got the second, and I told you, dude, never stop never stop <laughs> busting at the first base because I love it. It's, it's awesome, dude. I think I got walked four times that game too. Yeah, I know. I know it was in Baco. I know it was in Baco. <laughs> it might have been the July Fourth game, honestly, because I think it was the day we were both wearing navy or royal blue jerseys, and we looked exactly alike. It could have been, but we yeah, that, that that was just something that I picked up. You know, it was one of those things. Like growing up, I wasn't the biggest, I wasn't the fastest, I wasn't the strongest. Obviously, it's different now because you know nobody has seen my upbringing. You know, I've had to put the muscle on. I've had to mm-hmm. put the extra hours into the weight room just to get my body to where it is today. But for me to stand out compared to guys that are hitting, you know, balls 100 feet over the fence, like, I wasn't able to do that. I didn't hit my first home run until college. Yep. And so for me to stick out, like, it was my hustle. It was my work ethic, you know. It was one of those things, so. And those are two things that – you can instill in yourself that can't be taken away. You you, you control those things. You can't control anything else that happens on the field, but you can control how hard you play, and you can control the decisions you make off the field to improve your game. Absolutely. And you know, like I said, that's you're reaping the benefits now from from those years of sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Um, but ne- let's go into college now. Uh, essentially, you know, you get to college. You're at a four-year university. Now you're back to square one like you were in high school where you're the new guy on campus, you're a freshman, um, so you have a whole team full of, of older guys once again, and now you're getting into your young 20s, so you know, you're really starting to mature, develop, and become a man. Um, how, and I guess how far was Finley away from where you live? It wasn't that bad. It was maybe an hour and 30 minutes. It wasn't too horrible being away from home? No, it was, and that was one of the reasons why I picked it too because it was – it was literally a straight shot up 75 for me. So all I had to do was just hop on the highway, and I would literally run right into the yeah, college like, campus. I guess that wasn't too much of a big deal for you then. But what's, what, uh, you know, once you got to got to campus, what was that adjustment period like? Especially now that you're, you know, having that freedom to be on your own. Uh, you got to go to class, 8 a.m.s. You got weight room in between. Uh, you know. Maybe working out with coach one on one. I don't know if y'all did that. Yeah, we had individual um, stuff and, and like then, that. And then you know, from practice and now, how 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 was that transition? Oh, it was it was a major adjustment for me. Um, I think my first day on campus, it was just just trying to interact with other players or people, I should say, and then finding out who's on the baseball team, you know, stuff like that, and and then out of random, you'd meet some guy and. Next thing you know, oh, I'm on the baseball team too. It's like, all right. So then you're automatically like sticking with them because you know you're going to, you know, 
possibly be there for four years with that guy. Exactly. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I didn't. We really didn't have much of a weightlifting program in high school. Um, so yeah, waking up, I waking up at like six o'clock to go to weightlifting. That was another adjustment for me. Um, and then, but you had the freedom to basically you're you're on your own. You know, basically it's kind of the same thing as high school, but your parents aren't there. Yeah. So it's it's you taking that next step into becoming an adult. Yeah, learning how to be responsible mm-hmm. and do the things you need to do to you know, take care of class, but also balance the athlete schedule. Exactly. And that that's a huge thing about college that some people don't understand is the time management, especially for baseball, because, you know, for some sports, they have that season and that's it. You know, although they do have their preseason, baseball, it's, it's year-round. You know, once you step foot on campus, you have, like, maybe a week or two to adjust yeah. and then it's like all right first day of team practice and then you got individuals after that yeah. all the way up till christmas break when you go home and then once you get back on campus it's like all right like we got a month till season starts like you need to get going you know so basically uh it's like having a job on yeah. top of schoolwork, which you know some people are able to adjust to it and some people aren't so and I think that's the, the easiest way to weed people out, too, that it happens in college. I know it happens a lot in junior college. Um, you really find out the guys that are just, just there to have fun mm-hmm. and party. And, you know, sports or baseball, whatever they're doing, is kind of the secondary thing. Right. Whereas the guys in there that are focused solely on baseball and, you know, like we always said, they were athlete students, not student athletes. Right. So um, now I want to rewind a little bit because you said you didn't really have a weightlifting program in high school. When did you start? working out um i guess consistently you know when, when did that kind of happen were you doing that in high school on your own or did that happen in college once you got there and, and started working out with the i team? mean we had we had, we did have some stuff in high school but it wasn't really like it wasn't really supervised supervised by anybody that had any kind of credentials or anything it was yeah. it was our high school coaches that ran it and not saying that they did a bad job but you know some things just exactly you know yeah, yeah. but um it wasn't until my freshman year of college and once and that was the thing is like once I started hitting the weight room and I started seeing the results like it hooked on me like that like I got addicted to just like living in the weight room like I was lifting there's times where I was lifting twice a day like we'd have team lift in the morning you know go to classes practice and then at the end of the night it was kind of like you know I kind of want to go lift again you know Try and try and get some extra and gains and stuff. And that's and that's worth it. Work ethic right there. That's that goes back to that point of how bad do you want it? How bad do you want to um, continue your development and grow? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think once again that just shows a lot about who you are and why you've gotten as far as you have. Right. Because that's that's a huge key that I feel like you know guys just really don't understand. You know they they ask when should I start w- working out. Um, you know, how often should I work out? Like, get in the gym as much as you can and stuff your face. You, like, exactly. You're, you're the key development, one of the big key developments is watching your body change and grow. Mm-hmm. And especially when you're, you know, 16 to 20, when you're really growing through puberty and you're making that transition from high school senior to uh, college freshman, mm-hmm. like, your body can grow so much and that makes a difference of, you know, from senior year to freshman year. Right. And, uh, you know, so I think, I hope once again that if you're listening that, Hearing that from Pete will kind of put that in your mind. That if you're not in the weight room, go get in the weight room and eat and try to gain as much muscle and much weight as possible. Oh, absolutely. Because the thing is, like, what you see on TV from major leaguers, you just see you see them playing. You see them, you know, all the work that they put into the cage or the work that they've take, done taking ground balls. 
nobody sees the you know the weightlifting aspect yeah. you know that's all behind the scenes that's all you know yeah they do have strength coaches they have trainers and stuff like that but that's all on their own like it's up to them to be able to go to the weight room that day before before the game or after the game to make sure that they're still keeping the gains that they got from exactly. the off season so and i think that's you know something that people don't realize because like you said they only see what's on tv but Major leaguers are working out before the games. Oh, yeah. You know, they're there at the stadium five hours early, and they're they're getting their lift in. They're working out in season. Same thing with college guys. I mm-hmm. mean, I know y'all ha- y'all did it. We did it. Uh, you have a college, uh, you know, program where you're lifting during the week with your strength coach, right. and then you know you're not always lifting every day just because of weight room. You know, teams have to have priority to get in, especially mm-hmm. football. That's the worst because football is able to get in every day because it's their off season. You know there's still time to be found in the gym on your own. Oh, yeah. And, you know, that's – weightlifting is a year-round aspect mm-hmm. of baseball, of the training. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's 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 crucial because the, that one day can really change your development. You know, it's either going to hinder you or it's going to help you grow mm-hmm. so much. Um, so I'm glad we're able to touch on that and really, you know, hopefully emphasize that, you know, that how important that is. Oh, yeah. Um, so how much – could you really tell a difference from your freshman year to your senior year and your, and your oh, from weightlifting? Yeah. I mean, how much? How many? How many? Blah, 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 blah. How many pounds did you gain? So again, I wasn't the biggest kid. I was five nine, and I think I've stayed five nine since then. <laughs> but I was about a hundred forty-five, hundred fifty pounds soaking wet my senior year of high school. Got on the campus about one fifty, one fifty-five, and by baseball season I was like one sixty-five freshman year. But you know. I lost all that once we got into the season just because with the appetite and everything. Um, but by my senior year, I was pushing 190. And, I, you know, that was probably the best fit that I've felt in a while. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that was the first thing I told you, too, when we got out here to Florida. When I saw you, I was like, damn, Pete, you're looking thick with a double C. T-H-I-C-C thick. Yeah, yeah. Your eyes pretty much went wide open when you saw me so uh, yeah but uh but yeah so i mean i gained almost 30 maybe 35 pounds between the four years that i was at college and i mean it it made a huge difference you know um just with seeing how far i could hit a baseball yeah and how hard you know how far and how hard i could hit it so i mean it definitely helped out um so what what year was your first home run Junior year of college. So yeah, so you really had you know twenty pounds on you from your freshman mm-hmm. year before that ever happened. Yeah. So that that just shows that 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 weight really carried over and mm-hmm. transferred to to hitting. So now once we get into college, once the season starts rolling, uh, like I said, you you played in thirty one games. I think your freshman year, and then from there on out, um, it looked like you were pretty much a consistent starter all the way mm-hmm. until your senior year, where you played in every game. Right. Um. Were you catching or were you playing outfield? What were you doing? So I signed as a catcher with the thought in the back of the mind that I could possibly play outfield. But when I signed, I signed under a different coach. Um, I signed for uh, head coach Troy Berry and uh, assistant coach Chris Antonides. Well, Coach Berry had MS, and it ended up getting pretty bad that he had to step down as a head coach. So I'm going in blindfolded you know into school not knowing who i'm going to be playing for for the next four years and um the funny thing about it was i ended up playing for uh coach steve peril and didn't know much about the guy so i ended up uh 
getting a hold of my high school coach and was like, hey, do you, you know, just out of curiosity, do you know who this guy is? And he's like, well, yeah, that's uh, the assistant coach that I had in college. <laughs> so the head coach I played for in high school played for my college coach when he was in college at Bowling Green. So it was just like, this is like a small world. And playing for both guys, you know, for a total of eight years, you know, I saw so many similarities yeah, between where he, between the coaching styles. Where he picked up his, yeah, a lot of his coaching philosophy. Mm-hmm. So it was it was a- actually pretty cool to see all that. So, um, but so where then where would you play the most though uh, throughout your career? Uh, I was actually an outfielder. So you, did, you were doing. So outfield? I started out in the. Fall. I know when, when I met you, that's what you were doing. You, yeah, you were doing outfield. Yep. So I started out in the fall during workouts and everything. I was catching. Freshman year, I think I maybe saw one game behind the plate when we were down in Florida, and then we got back, and they stuck me in the outfield. Just, hey, you know, here's your chance. See what you can do with it. Mm-hmm. And I ended up getting my first college hit that game and ended up throwing a guy out from left field. And after that, I was like, all right, there's your spot. Yeah. So, and same thing for the next two years. I started out as catch, you know, with the thought of being a catcher in the fall, and then right before, you know, we got to Florida, it was like, all right, you're going to be out in the outfield. And then finally it was just like, all right, you're just going to be an outfielder. Yeah. Like, uh, all right. But senior year we had a catcher go down. And they're just like, all right, well, now you're an outfielder, but we might need you to catch, you know, the second yeah, half of these double headers and stuff. And it was like, I, I have no problem with that. So, um, so yeah, basically, I was just, I was a majority outfielder with a couple games behind the dish. And I, I that's something I kind of want to touch on too, because, um, you know, I hear a lot of guys. I mean, I know I thought this way. You go into high school and you have that one-track mind thinking, okay, I'm only a shortstop. I'm only a third baseman. I'm only a second baseman. And, you know, guys get mad when a coach tries to switch their position. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, they get stubborn and hard-headed. And, uh, you know, I know from my own experience how many different positions I've played here in your experience, how many positions you've played over the last um, you know, five years. Mm-hmm. And then even, you know, we heard it from Pelf one day where he said, you know, you're going to move positions essentially at some point. You yep. have to be open to it, and you have to be willing to learn different positions. Exactly. I think that is that is key. That, Like you said, you got the shot in the outfield. Thinking thinking you were a catcher, you get a shot in the outfield, and you have success, and you made yourself stick in the lineup. Exactly. And that that's key for, for younger guys to hear that. To, just because you're a shortstop doesn't mean you're going to be a shortstop your whole life. You yep. know, shortstops get drafted because of they, the scouts see their athleticism mm-hmm. to be able to play multiple positions. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, like I said, that that's key. And I think that's huge that you were able to do that. And now it's, you know, once again, reaping more benefits from that. Right. And, and that's the one thing that I'm so gracious of growing up was playing so many different positions because, you know, getting into that stage, it's like, okay, well, you know, I might not have played it recently, but I still have the knowledge and, like, the tools to be able to play that position yeah. or know how to play that position. So once that day comes where it's like, well, hell, I don't know who to put there. And you can be like, well, I've played there before. And yeah. it's like, all right, go out and you see can, what you can You can put do. a guy out there that you know is going to give you the results you need, but then he can go up to the plate too, and you've got a bat in the lineup that's going to produce. Exactly. And, that, and that's, what, that's what's huge. Right, right. If I would have just been a straight catcher all four years of college, I probably wouldn't have gotten any playing time just because we had a couple studs in, that were older and in front of me. Yeah. So. I mean, I know I saw your car the other day. You still had your infielders glove, so <laughs> that says a lot. You're I, prepared. I know. I came down here and was just like, we did we did in and out the first day, 
and I felt like I was in high school all over again because I went up to the guy in charge and was just kind of like, okay, well, what position do you want me at? <laughs> and he just kind of like looked at me and was like, what position does Pelf want you at? And I was like, well, he's going to have me catching. He's like, well, I would just stick with catching. And I was just like, all right. Didn't know if anyone wanted, wanted to see me show off the gun from right field or anything like that. All right, so, you know, now in college, what kind of uh, what kind of success did you guys have throughout your four years? Did y'all um, go to any conference tournaments, win any conference tournaments, make any regionals, anything like that? What what kind of – what was that like? We did not. Um, so, again, we went into a whole new coaching program. So we were going through the whole rebuilding building stages. So basically Coach Peril had – all these guys that he had never recruited. So he's kind of like trying to put pieces together, trying to figure out who he has on his roster now and trying to fill in the those nine the best guys in those nine positions. So uh, we struggled, I would say. Um, it wasn't until my senior year where we really saw some success. Uh, you know, we came down to Florida and we finished the week nine and one. And that was like the best start that our school had had in like, 15 or 20 years or something like that and we ended up being ranked like fourth in the region and like 30th in the country at that time so that was pretty big but i also think it got to a lot of guys heads like well hey like you know we we made it we made it and but it's not over yet like we just started the season so we ended up we after we got home we split a couple series and then um then things just kind of started uh you know snowballing and it just turned downhill again so but they made the tournament uh, last year, so it was, I was pretty happy to finally, see that. Finally turned finally, the program yeah, around. they finally turned it around. So, and so what? I guess how hard was that to you know, play in a program that you know got new coaches coming in, and you're really just struggling to put the pieces together? Because I know that you know that's a lot of what I went through, and it was tough. Right. Um, so, I mean, from your perspective, how you know how was that? Because I know going through that, you know, it's hard to stay focused mentally. Um, and then even with your own personal development, like you're still wanting to develop and get your work in, but at the same time, now you have to look out for the best interest of the team and really be a team guy. And like, we got to get this done to, you know, get on the right track and start winning. Right. Um, you know, so what, what was that like? Cause I know, I don't know, you know, how you guys were, but for us, you know, we lose it, we're losing, we start running. So yeah, practice, it was, the tone of practice changes completely. It was rough. I would say, um, you know, because there's there's times where once people start to realize how the program is going, like what direction they're going in that season, some guys just That's up and out. It they're just out. like, "Yep, see ya." You know, we're done, stuff like that. But you know, we basically had a brotherhood. Like, you know, we went we struggled in the fall together. You know, all the way up until the season, and you know, everybody had each other's backs. It was just things weren't able to click at the right times when we really needed them. Like, there was days when our offense was doing well, but our pitchers were getting hit on the other side. Or our pitchers were saving our tails, but, you know, we couldn't produce anything on offense. So, um, but other than that, I mean, it was it was tough. But other, besides that, I don't think I would have gone anywhere else. You know, yeah. I, I was close to home. I, ha- I was in a good program academically. You know, all my friends were there. You know, I met my girlfriend there, so... She was another reason why I wanted to stay, and, but um, you know I could have taken the hot, you know, the high road out and been like, see ya. But at the end of the day, you know I signed my letter of intent to play at the University of Finley, and I was going to see that all yeah, the way through because that. 
because I owed it to the guys that believed in me. Um, you know, and, and our coach and my head coach, he was, he had, he had so many contacts as well because he's been in the game for so long. He coached at like Indiana, Bowling Green, Toledo, like all, you know, some mid-major and major D1 schools. And he was even the, uh, batting practice pitcher for the Detroit Tigers for a couple of years. So he, he had so much knowledge of the game. It wasn't even funny. So he was a good guy to play for. Um, like, so what did you end up majoring in? I So originally I started out in physical therapy. Right. And I'm not a bad student. It was – I just struggled. I, I'm going to be honest with that. I'm, you know uh, – Going back to trying to manage class and yes, being an athlete. Yes, it was, it was basically like my first year that – kind of screwed me over because it was get going through the transition of okay i'm on my own you know now we're going to class now we got workouts we got practice we got all this and that you know by the end of the day you just you basically just want to have time to yourself where, where it's like oh well now i have like three to four hours of homework that i gotta do or i need to study for exam that's next week stuff like that so str- you know struggled there um and it wasn't until going into my last semester uh, I had an academic advisor that was pretty much useless. You know, she didn't even know who I was. You know, there was times where I'd set meetings up with her, and she was just like, um, and you are? And it's like, <laughs> you're the one that set the time up with me. And she didn't even, not only did she not know my name, she didn't even know I was on the baseball team. So she's trying to, like, schedule all these clots. She's trying to, like, schedule, like, double workload on me. I'm like, no, I can't do that. Like, you know, I got baseball. And she's like, oh, you're on the baseball team. Well, yeah, who else is paying for this? <laughs> well, I'm not paying the whole tab here, but geez. <laughs> so she's trying to, like, double load me, all this stuff. She's trying to sign me up for classes during practice time. And I'm like, you yeah, can't do that. Like, hold on a second, you know. So it uh, wasn't until my final semester where I got rid of her. Ended up getting a new guy, and he was just as clueless. <laughs> And then ended up getting another advisor, and hey, third time's a charm because she was like, "All right, so I'm gonna look at all the credits that you have that you've taken, and we're just gonna see what interests you." I'm like, all right. So there was it was like health resources or human health, something along those lines, and some people are going, "Well, what the hell is he talking about?" But trust me, I was the same way. I was like, "What is that?" And Basically, all she asked me was, do you feel like working at McDonald's the rest of your life? And I was like, nope. And she was like, all right, easy enough. And she was like, all right, next option, strength and conditioning. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I practically lived in the weight room since I've been here. She's like, well, you'll get a, a bachelor's in strength and conditioning, and then you'll get an associate's in uh, personal training. And I was like, sold. What's Sign, me up. Sign yeah. me up. And I only had to take, like, maybe two more additional classes on top of my workload. So, um was able to do those the semester before baseball season so basically i didn't even have to do that much during the season yeah, my senior that's, year that's nice too yeah it really lowers the load uh-huh. you have to go through yeah so ended up getting that and i mean i love it dude it, it it's unfortunate it took that long to realize that hey that's what i'm gonna major in but you know i love i'm i'm happy with it so so throughout your four years what was your best college moment you'd say looking back it could be it could be off the field. It could be on the field. I was just about to ask: Are we talking on field yeah, or off field? It could be it could be anything. What what the what the best memory from college was? Oh, this is hard because there was a lot of them. Oh, man, 
we'll do two. We'll do we'll do an on field moment and we'll okay. do an off field yep, moment. That works. So I'm gonna have to say it because she's gonna get mad at me. One, just meet my girlfriend. But besides that, was uh, in my dorm, my sophomore year. Uh, it was basically like we called ourselves uh, Zone Six. I don't know how that name came up or whatever, but basically we call, that was like our wing of the dorm was Zone Six. Dude, we had so many like freaking Nerf gun fights and like. We had these bone arrows that would literally shoot like a hundred yards and just whistle. I remember I broke a kid's glasses because I turned a corner and just like hunger gamed it right into his face. Um, so that was that was pretty fun. Um, and that's those kind of things are the little things about college that get underappreciated. Is oh, the absolutely. bond you're gonna build with your teammates and the guys you go to battle with every day is the stuff you get to do off the field. Um, you know, when you're living together, whether, you know, it's at a dorm, an apartment, a house, whatever, just the camaraderie you build with those guys, especially being at a four-year university when you're oh, there yeah. for four years, you know. Right. For me, I was at junior college, so I had two different sets of, of guys I was there with, you know, freshman, sophomore year at junior college, but I also had another set once I went to my university, and it's like, I cherish those times with those guys right. because they were just so much fun, and, and the kind of relationships you build, like, those are guys that you're going to be friends with for the rest of your life. Right. Absolutely. Um... So there was that, and then I would say my favorite on-field moment. I went yard in my senior uh, senior day game. We were playing our rival Tiffin, and I remember uh, it, it was like a freshman or sophomore pitcher that we were facing, and he started talking trash. And, you know, we we basically we hit a fifteen-game losing streak. <laughs> It got to that point. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. And so basically in his mind, he thinks that, you know, we're terrible. Like, you know, we, you know, whatever. So he's getting hit around a little bit. And I think we scored a run. And he's like, they're not getting another run this game or something like that. So I end up getting up. And there's a guy on first base. And first pitch he throws me is like up and in. Just couldn't be any perfect. And I just, and it. Our field was like a boneyard. Like, it seemed like anybody else could, like, based on the wind that day, could hit it out. But if other than that, nobody hit any home runs out at our field. Um, so the wind's blowing from the right field foul pole to the left field foul pole. And I freaking turned on this thing, and it went about, you know, I one-hopped it into the pond, which is like an extra 100 feet. Just a freaking from Yeah, all of, yeah. I mean, all, I'm not one to pamp a home run no you're not but this thing as soon as i took like two steps out of the box i kind of just flipped my bat and started <laughs> jogging i was like that thing is gone and it didn't hook it straight stayed straight which actually kind of surprised me i was like the wind's going that way and i just turned on this thing like you you would think there's some kind of hook to it not nah, it stayed straight and that was that was a pretty fun moment you know being able to do that in front of my you know friends and family on senior day that was pretty exciting that's, that's, i'm sure that was pretty awesome having yeah. them all there and being able to experience that mm -hmm. um so now you know you graduate college uh that was in 17 yeah you graduated 2017 and so now we because you didn't do anything after that did you mm -mm. yeah because i remember i didn't meet you until the spring league when we, we were in houston uh yeah and that think, was 18 yeah that was march of 18 uh you know the spring league in march getting ready for the season and uh, Pete gets picked up by the Bakersfield Train Robbers in the Pecos League. I went to California City, so we were in the same um, division 
are same side of the of the league, uh, so we played each other like thirty times this past year. Uh, but, it seemed like every other day it was literally against you guys. Yeah, we played each other so much. Um, but so, <laughs> I mean, this this is gonna be kind of like a funny question, kind of just I mean, because of the stuff we've been through. But how was pro ball different from um, you know college and from what you expected? it to be um you know on the field but then also off the oh field. my god <laughs> <laughs> oh man all right so when i was in college the word grind got thrown around and you think you know what the term actually means you know yes you got to go to class you got to do this you got to do that i didn't really understand what a true grind was until this past year so for us we get out the Bakersfield. I got some funny stories I can tell later about this. But anyway, so get out there. The first day of spring training was like the longest day of baseball I've ever had. I think we were supposed to show up at the field at like maybe one thirty or two or something like that. We didn't get done till like two thirty that morning. What? Yeah, it was a long ass day of baseball. What? But it was it was our first day. It was. It was Cloppy trying to figure out who he's who he has, what you know, who plays what, stuff like that. Oh, it was so long. I remember just going back to the my host family's house and trying not to wake them because I'm using the ice machine from the fridge, just trying to ice my knees and my arm because I was that sore. It was just oh, it was rough. But um, so going from that, basically it went from classwork to weight room to baseball to just baseball you know but at the same time at at that level you know there's not much uh resources Mm -hmm. i should say so like we didn't have like a grounds crew so basically me and like three or four other guys took over that at our field so um luckily one of the host moms they had a thing called a a black widow which was basically like a small go-kart so they went that to us, and we used it to drag the field. So if you guys can imagine a 23, 24-year-old man in a go-kart that is meant for like an 11 or 12-year-old <laughs> driving around the infield with a drag on the back trying to just level the – oh, my God. It was – it got to a y'all's, point. And y'all's dirt would just clump up. Oh, too. it was – That was the yeah, tough That part. was the other thing is no matter how many times we worked on that field by game time, as soon as somebody stepped on that infield, their shoe was just – like the bottom of their shoe was just covered in dirt and yeah. I was just like alright well there's track marks all over the place now basically just dug everything up but it got to a point where we started doing like racing each other around the track like timing each other who can go around the entire track at Sandlin Ballpark the fastest so I mean that was that was pretty fun but besides that like so we had to work on the field then we would you know have early work and then we'd have BP and then obviously you guys would come and hit after us and then we would have to go get food, and after that, it was, hey, time to show up and strap it up. strap it up and let's play. And for us, so for those that don't know, Samlin Ballpark is actually one of the oldest. There's like two of them. It's one of the oldest stadium, professional stadiums in the country, but it's one of two stadiums that faces the west. Yeah, I think the other one's in Massachusetts It's some, It's something like it's on that. the east coast. Never heard about it in my entire life. It was like... So when the schedule came out, it's like our games were like after eight o'clock, like start time. And we yeah. were like, holy crap! And f- 
you know, being from Ohio, that's like a three-hour difference. So when they live stream the games, it's like, you know, my parents are starting to fall asleep and stuff. So they never really got to see that many games. Um, but we had to wait till 8 o'clock because we had to wait for the sun to go down. So kind of a cool feature, but also very crappy Which, because... At the same time, it sucked yeah. because... You're starting the game in the first inning, and the sun is down, but it's not quite not quite and down it's still yet. Still glaring through. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I used to hate that. The first inning of hitting at Sam Lim was the absolute oh, worst. Oh yeah, because they had there was like uh, a couple pieces of board on top of the uh, top of the fence to cover where the crack was, yeah, it was underneath the batter's, the, the batter's, batter's eye and the wall. And one of them fell down, so it like just shined right through. And of it, course, and on a lefty, it was right where the ball. Yeah, came out. exactly. So it was it was rough. But for us, it, you know, depending on how long the game went. If it was a fast game, hey, like, cool, it's 11, midnight, you're done. <laughs> long games, it's not until, like, maybe 1.32 o'clock, and you got to do field work after that. And then after that, it's like, okay, well, where are we going to eat tonight? And for a couple <laughs> of us, it was the same spot every single night. I know I know. for me, when, I play, when we played y'all, it was that in and out on, like, the airport exit You guys time. went all the way. It was like right when you leave the ballpark, you take a right on the roundabout, and like the next exit's for the airport, and you take a left, and you get on the freeway. You went all the way out there. Yeah, for in and out every time. Holy crap, dude! Because then that led us right into the freeway to go back to Cal City. Okay, that makes sense. Then. So like it, it was kind, of, it was kind of on the way, but you know it's freaking in and out. I'm a Texas boy. I don't like water burger. <laughs> in and out is my go-to burger. So I was like. I'm gonna indulge in this as much as I can. That was at, that was the first time I had In and Out was this past summer too, and it was it was pretty good. So, so what do you think? What's your what's your best go fast food go to burger? Ugh. Is In and Out up there? Oh, um, it's I mean, up you there. Were, you were in California for a whole year. I was. I honestly didn't even eat that much at In and Out while I was out there. What? I was trying to like, okay. With the appetite that I eat, I was trying to eat as healthy as yeah, I could. Exactly. And we, we all it's do. the hardest thing. Especially with our schedule. It's it's, it's so tough. It was, yeah, it was Especially like. Especially a Pecos League schedule. Oh, yeah. It was like, all right, Subway or Chick-fil-A is the day. Or gas station hot dogs going to high <laughs> desert. <laughs> no, in high desert, I took I took <sighs> Justin to this place. And, and he didn't believe me, but there's this place called Apollo Burger. And Guy Fieri did one of his TV That's shows That's right. There. I forgot about that. And, you know, I told Justin, I was like, dude, like, this is the best burger you'll ever have in your life. And he's like, oh, no, you're, you're messing with me. We get there, and, and he had one. He's like, dude, you're right. That's, that's <laughs> the best burger I've ever had. So if you're ever in Adelanto, California, or Victorville, whatever it is, uh, go to Apollo Burger. I, I'm, I'm sponsoring Apollo Burger right now because that place is the bomb. That says a lot coming from Cortez's, too, because he, he, he's a man of his food. Yes, he is. <laughs> yes, he is. Um, I was gonna go somewhere off your pro. Oh, Sam Lynn. Um, how what was it like playing there? Because I know for me, I'm such a baseball nerd and historian. You know, like absolutely, like little uh, things like that are so cool to me. What was it like being able to play at Sam Lynn every so I, day? I got two things for you. No one who played there. You have Piazza, Piazza, uh, Ken Griffey, Pedro, uh, Pedro Martinez. You had Josh Hamilton, the Seeger brothers, or I think Cor- maybe just Corey. It might, might have been, been Corey. Yeah, because it was when they were with the Mariners. So, at Sam Lynn, they, they were called the Bakersfield Blaze. And they hosted a numerous amount of minor league teams for different affiliates. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody can script that any better for my first year in pro ball to be like, hey, you're going to play at Sam Lynn Ballpark. And just so you know, 
there have been Hall of Famers that have started their career here. So and it, it's kind of uh, I think it re you know just redoes that in your mind. Oh think my god! Word, but like just, re just like comp, puts that confidence in you that okay, Mike Piazza played here, our freaking forty yeah. eighth round pick who just or forty yeah forty eighth round pick who just went to the Hall of Fame yeah. two years ago. Now I'm on the same field he is. Like I'm even as far away as I am, as I am, I'm still close. Exactly. Like for me, it was. I'm in the same box catching that Mike Piazza was in. And there was time. I'm a righty, so there was times where I would, after the game, step in the left-hand box and be like, I stepped where Ken Griffey was at one point. <laughs> you know? but, uh, but, you know, it's, it's such a cool thing because I, I'm the same way. Anything that comes to, like, history with the game or just players like that, like, I, I'm like a little kid. Yeah. You know? I know, like, like for me, my first year, um, we played Tucson, and – Tucson would use two fields. I'd use Keno on the weekends, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then Monday through Wednesday, they had a, another place that was like right outside of Tucson. And um, it's kind of like in the mountains, so it was like an old mining town. Oh, yeah. I and remember this was like this. one of the, like, I think the second oldest active ballpark or active stadium or something mm-hmm. in the country. Wasn't it um, like Satchel Page played yeah, there or Satchel something like Page, that? Satchel Page, Ty Cobb, Babe Ruth, Sheilas Joe Jackson. Like, it was so cool because, it, like, how it was built, like, it's just like just the old brick, mm-hmm. the, like the tunnels under the stands. It was just it was it was insane to think that you know back in the day when there was miners going from t- town to town and they just pick up a ball game like they'd play at this field and it was it was pretty fascinating just to Absolutely. think that like you know even as tough as the Pecos League is just like the history that we got to experience. Absolutely. So like for us, I was a little upset we didn't when we played in Tucson for the playoffs that we didn't get to play at Keno because. Man, would have been Kino, like Kino this is where else. Randy Johnson murdered a bird. Yeah, like, you know, was something else. <laughs> but um, that, the other, go ahead, go ahead. The other was Alpine when we played there. Yeah, because that's an old ballpark it's an too. Old what, ballpark, Clubbernot or something like that. Is that Coconut, Coconut yeah. is what it was called. But yeah, no, that uh, that was a pretty cool place to go play at too because it was like cement wall yeah. all over all over the place and. I forget who played there. I think it was like Whitey Ford played a game there or something like that. But I mean, old timers. Yeah, like way back early 1900s. Yeah, which is just it's mind blowing. Oh yeah, it's so cool. Um, And I think that it's just a cool little nugget to have in our careers. You know, regardless of how far we go, but just to say that our journey interlocks with with those guys and Mm -hmm. saying you know that's part of our experience that we got to do the same things that happened 120 years ago. Exactly. Absolutely, man. Yeah. So now, first year pro balls in the books, college and high school. What would you say was like the first bit of adversity that you ever went through, and how that helped you today? Um, you know, to deal with what we go through now. You know, through through pro ball, Pecos League, Frontier. Um, you know, how that adversity has helped you today, man. So going back on just basically being told no, I would say has kind of helped me because. What people don't understand that what we do, yes, we are professionals, we get paid very little, but for our the love of the game. Yes, it's for the love of the game, but our job's on the line every single night. There, when I was out in Bakersfield, like, you know, there's times where you know you're talking to one guy one day and the next day he's gone. You you know you're like where where is he at? Well, you know, Skip released him. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, all right then. You know, he didn't do, do what he needed to do. So our job is on the line every single night. So being told 
know back then, I feel like, is a very helpful for me because it just makes me more sharp and focused more to do my job. You know, because at that point, it's like, if I'm being told that I'm not good enough, like, I'm going to prove you wrong. Mm-hmm. And at that point, it's going to help me to do what I need to do to make sure that our team wins or is has a chance of winning. Because if I don't do my job, I know, hey, you're going back home. Yeah. Like, you have no job. And I, th- I think that's one of the toughest things that we have to deal with, you know, that we go through um, is, you know, like we said, in this game, you build a bond with all these guys. So it, it's kind of like a double-edged sword because it's like, you know, you're my bud, you're my friend, but at the same time, you're my enemy. Like, we're fighting each other for, for jobs, and there's mm-hmm. only 24, 25 of them. And, you know, the higher you climb, you know, I think Chad said it best the other day when we were talking to Chad, you know, once you get to double-A or triple-A in the big leagues, there's only 30 teams. There's only 30 double-A teams, 30 triple-A teams, and 30 MLB teams with 25 right. roster spots in each exactly. team. So do the math. Like, and if, if you know, you got guys with more experience, you have top prospects, um, you have guys with a lot that are getting paid a lot more money, uh-huh. and then guys that are getting sent down. So when you actually do the math, there may be twenty five roster spots, but there's actually maybe realistically maybe only like five per team. Yeah. Um, you know, and so I think that's the toughest thing about what we do is is it's like you said, our jobs on the line every night, and you have to perform consistently and mm-hmm. play every day, and you have to bring it every day. You can't yep. take a day off. And and going on top of that, like you can't bring outside things in your life into what we call our workplace you know because once you have that once you have something that's set in your mind like a negative uh you know thought or anything like that that's in your personal life you bring it to the field you know that's just going to affect the way you play and i I think you know piggybacking off that that's one of the most annoying things i've dealt with um you know i saw it when i was younger before um you know i started playing pro ball but that i've dealt with now is that you know people say well you're only your job's only five months or whatever no your no. job is year-round because the off-season matters and absolutely if you go through if you bring that kind of stuff into your off-season program you're still going to slack then and that's going to catch up to you months down the road right. so um you know piggybacking off that like it, it's truly a full-time gig it year is round because if, you know what you eat how you sleep who you who you hang around with all mm-hmm. is a you know a key part in your performance on the field when it matters absolutely like for me for well for us we played what was it like 72 games and just as many days if not less something like that if you do the math you know there's no off day i mean it, it it's taxing on your body and then for me cuz after i finished up in uh alpine winning the championship i drove well let's let's touch on that real quick how what was that like your first professional season and you're winning a championship it was awesome dude i didn't i didn't get to play until the third game so we won the first game it was like eighteen to twelve. It was just a slugfest. Yeah, it was it was awesome. Second game we ended up losing, and it was just like, all right, we're going to the final game of the series, you know. And there hey, was like, this is this is the last game of the season. La- last regardless. game of the season. And for me, it's like, I don't want this to be like my first chance at winning a professional championship, and being and knowing that I'm that close. So. We're one and one going into the final day. They had like six, seven hundred fans there that every night. Like it was packed. It it was it was such a cool atmosphere. We're doing. Uh, there was a lady at the hotel that we stayed at that did our laundry, and so we're dropping our laundry off after that night. Obviously, mine wasn't really that dirty. Um, and uh, Cloppy walked in right after me, 
And so I'm getting ready to walk out of the room. He drops his stuff off. Thank you. He says thank you to the lady. And then as he's walking out, he's like, Pete, you're catching tomorrow. Doesn't say a word after that. And I'm just like, huh? Like, what? (laughs) Hang on a second. What's going on here? So find out that I'm going to start in what could be, like, the biggest game of my life so far. So I get back to my room, and uh, I ended up rooming with uh, Michael Elwell and Chuck Rocker. Chuck Rocker. Both both great guys. <laughs> well, Mike was the one that asked for me, apparently. I guess uh, you know, our skipper asked, like, who do you want to catch? And he said, you know, I want Pete catching me. You know, because me and him worked so well together yeah, all year that's long. That's a huge compliment. And um, so basically, like, going up to that day, I'm just like, thinking like okay like how, how are we gonna fit how are we gonna attack these hitters and stuff like that Try, just trying to rewind everything that i've seen so far the last two days so um and for that it was such a cool feeling just knowing like this could be my biggest you know moment to shine and going into that game like just taking everything serious i i kind of just stayed within myself like i really didn't like want to talk to anybody but for me, it was just, I knew what I had to do. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, okay, it's my job, basically, to try and help us exactly. win this championship you now. You gotta do everything it takes. So I was trying to stay relaxed. I was trying to just, like, kind of keep to myself, everything like that. And it's tough. And it really is, because you're, you're, I hate to say it, you're not trying to be an asshole, but it's, that's just how you have to handle yep. yourself. So, you know, doing my thing, we're taking BP, and I'm, you know, hitting shots all over the place. Not home runs, just hitting hard line drives. You know, I was trying to stay within myself. I walk out of the cage, and Bobby Webb says, I have a feeling that Pete's going to lose a ball tonight. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like, the wind blows out the right center here. Like, there's no way I'm going to hit a ball deep. To- and for those that don't know, Alpine, I mean, that's a pretty deep ballpark. Like, to the, to the power alleys, it was like 360, 370, something like that. So... Going into my second at bat. Well, actually, let me lead this off. So, Mark Trailer, you know who Mark is. Yes. He has a long backswing. And he'd been nicking me all night, and it was just absolutely frustrating. <laughs> so, we jam him, and he hits a infield pop-up. Well, I take my mask off oh, no. to look for the ball. Well, his backswing caught the top of my head oh, and just no. dropped me back. And I just laid on the ground. I was like, oh, God. Didn't black out nothing. I was just, like, trying to, like, collect myself. Like, okay, like, I just got hit, all this and that. As soon as I sit up, there's, like, the whole team's around me, and their trainer starts walking out. I was, like, trying to figure out, like, if I blacked out, if I'm cussed, what. Like, no, I'm fine. So, go back. I'm third. I'm second or third up that next inning. First pitch I see, I hit it over the right center field wall. <laughs> right. First pitch. As soon as I get back to home... Of course, everyone starts tapping me on the head, you know, not like I just got knocked out or anything. And, you know, all the guys are like, well, you need to be hitting the head more often. I was like, no, I don't. Like, that's the last thing I want right now. But, I mean, off the bat, it was one of those, like, for me, I knew it had a chance, but I wasn't really sure. So I just dropped the bat and started running. As soon as I got back, everyone's like, oh, we knew it was going off the bat. And apparently it cleared right center by. I'm sure that's a a great feeling oh it was awesome be dialed in and especially in a championship game for that because you know they had so many fans there 
I mean, and they were like on top of you. You heard everything. Yeah, I've seen the stadium. It's that that, that stands is right on top any, of the field. Any any time that they had any kind of momentum going into it, they got loud. I mean, super loud, and they knew they had any kind of thought that they were going to win this thing. Mm-hmm. As soon as it cleared the fence, it went just quiet, dead and it was literally one of the greatest feelings that I've ever had. Is just hearing six to seven hundred people just go quiet yeah. like that, all because you know of you what I, of what something that I just did. You went deep. So, and that was, that was a huge turning point for us in the game. We ended up taking off after that. Um, and then they ended up they came, they started to make a comeback towards the end, but we shut that down and I, that was that was one of the best feelings ever was seeing that final out be recorded and just we didn't dog pal but we all just got together. Y'all, y'all had just, champagne, y- y'all oh, y'all were ready to go. Ooh, that was fun. That was so much fun. I was, I was happy for you just because, you know, obviously with you, uh, Chuck, you know, who I played with in Monterey and Lubeck, um, you know, all three of you guys, and then, you know, um, Chalupa and Zach, you know, going up to Canada with them, uh, just, like I said, you know, you create bonds with people in this game, oh, yeah. some more than others, uh, so, you know, even though we didn't get there, I was still happy for you guys that y'all mm-hmm. got to experience that, um, you know, because, you know, y'all are my boys, so, right. you know, if anyone was going to win, I would wanted, wanted you guys to be able to do that. Yeah. It was it was a fun, fun thing to do, it was something that I'm going to be able to remember the rest of my life and you got a piece of jewelry too piece of jewelry off top of that and on top of that you know I'm gonna have some guys in Florence with me this upcoming year that are from Alpine yeah so and I've already got to hear about it a couple times where's your ring at and it's just like well I'll show you when we get there (laughs) so that's that's a great feeling too to be on that end of of that you know being able to say Here's my ring. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry for taking it. you down. But it was it was such a good series all in all. I mean, I, that was probably one of the best. Those three games were probably some of the best that I've ever been a part of. Just yeah. there's nothing like winning, oh. especially in that, in oh, that environment. Yeah. Um, okay, let's let's go a little bit forward now. Get a little uh, start getting us to some fun stuff. What? Well, I guess we. Uh, it's kind of fun, I guess. It's different. Uh, you have any superstitions, or what's your pregame routine like? What's, how do you get ready? Do you like to have fun, or you type to take it serious? Music? What, what do we got? I'm a little bit of both. Uh, kind of weird. There's times where I am very serious, and I think it just depends on that day or like what's to come, like who we're playing, stuff mm-hmm. like that. But there's also days where you know I'm just trying to stay loose yeah. and just have fun with it because you know for us. We're privileged enough to be playing this game at our age, you know, 24, 25 years old, and we're playing a game that's meant for kids. Like, there's no better feeling than that to keep playing. So, you know, I'm trying to stay loose, trying to have some fun with it, trying to keep everybody, you know, trying to crack some jokes, even if they're not the best jokes. But, (laughs) you know, just trying to keep everybody, you know, lighthearted and stuff like that, keep the locker room nice and having fun. So, Do you get dressed a certain way, or you you just put clothes on? Actually, yeah. I do get dressed a certain way now that you mention it. Uh, I mean, so, I, I do, so that's why I was just wondering, you know, if, if I'm the weird one of the bunch or if, you know, other guys do the same thing. Nah, dude, I got to put my, my sliders on, then I put, um, you know, my jock strap, then I got my socks, left foot, then right foot. Yep. I got my sh- undershirt, and then my jersey, if, you know, whichever I have, and then got the pants. Yep. Yeah. All right, so now, season ends. Uh, this is your first off season, I guess, which... I remember mine going from, you know, you play your whole life, you play year-round, fall, spring, summer, um, you get to college, and, you know, 
fall, spring, summer again because mm-hmm. in the fall you truly never stop. Right. Um, what was your off season like? Because I know it's it's a kind of a culture shock when you get home and there's no school to go to um, and no inter squads or anything like that. Now you have all this time to yourself. Um, you know, so what was your off season like, and how how soon before you started training again and getting ready for the next year? I tell you what, this off season was the worst <laughs> thing. I have ever experienced. So going from literally playing every single day, and it's like, all right, you're done. You get to take a little bit of a break. And it was like, okay, well, what do I do now? Yeah, like you know, go crazy. Go baseball. crazy. Yeah, exactly. You start, you know, chomping at the bit. So for me, I actually had a. There was a chance for me to go play in Australia, and uh, it wasn't my decision. It was the team that you know I could have gone and played for. Um, they ended up, you know, not going along with it. So, I, and I was okay with that because at that point it was like, you know, I had just played this many games, the most I've ever played in one season. My body was just tired. And so I was okay with it. But like a month later, I was just like, I'm ready to play. Man. Like, I really, I wish I would have gone to Australia to play, you know, but, um, but I think it was like, I gave it a week. I don't even think I gave it a week, I, maybe five days, just to let my body heal. And then it was like, all right, time to get back into the weight room. Yep. I don't think I really picked up a, like, started throwing a baseball till like, after Christmas, if not beginning of January, something like that. Because I knew I had thrown a lot. And this was like... Yeah, the, especially being a catcher. Yeah. And that, that was the one thing that I wanted to make sure of before this season was giving my arm the right amount of time off. Because I've never really had... A true break for it because yeah. obviously being a catcher and throwing a lot and stuff like that um but i've been work, working on my swings uh you know shortly after i started weightlifting and stuff like that so i mean you know really didn't have that much time off so and just worked all the way up into it and um you know now we're here you know we're a month away from spring training so it's exciting oh i'm it, i leave it, i leave here saturday and you know, I'm gonna have another month to really focus on what I need to before we get into spring training, and I'm gonna be chomping at the bit again. So, um, so what was there anything specific you were working on? Um, you know, in in your off season or that you're focusing on trying to get better. Wait, let me rephrase that because you're always trying to get better. Right. Um, but was there just like one specific thing where you're like, you know, I, I just gotta really focus on this, especially like you know in the gym. Um, an area that needs to get stronger, um, you know, that, that maybe was breaking down during the season or even, you know, were you just trying to refine everything? I was, tr- it was a little bit of everything. I was trying to refine everything, but mostly in the weight room, I was focusing more on my legs. Um, just because being in a, being a catcher and being in a crouch all the time, you know, that wears and tears on your And I know every every time you sent me a video, that's, that's what you were doing. It was leg day, and I, I loved it because it made me, you know, I'm working out now. I get a, you know, of course I'm putting it on Instagram and everything, and now I'm getting a video from you, and you're hitting legs, and it's like, okay, let's go. So like, you know, I, 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 I loved it seeing being able to see that. Leg day was about six out of the seven days a week. Oh, it seemed yes. like, nah, not that much. I had to work on some upper body as well, but um, so worked there, and then I was just trying to fine tune my swing. So I, you know, in my senior year of college. You know, my men- I had the mentality that I will, you know, I was basically like the best hitter on the planet, and that what that's that's, that's what you need though. Yeah, that's huge. And you know, I had in my mind, I had a swing that was perfect for me, 
and then once my college career ended it was like I couldn't find my swing again so I, I've been trying to just fine-tune everything just trying to get the same similar feels that I had then because I had so much success that season but knowing that you know not everything is going to be the same because you have to make adjustments in this game so your swing is not always going to be the same but just trying to find something similar to it and then just go off of that yeah um and I think you know that that's something else we can emphasize um, for the kids, people who are listening, parents, you know, to tell your kids is that the swing is not always going to feel great. Like, mm-hmm. and there's going to be days where you have a horrible round of BP and you got you go out and you go four for four. And there's going to be days where you feel great and you know you hit 10, 10 out of ten bombs during BP, but you go zero for four four Ks. Right. And you can't touch anything. Um, so the swing's an ever changing thing where it's it's constantly um, you know feels different, feels good, feels bad. Um, and is evolving. You just got to fine tune it uh, to get to where it's just efficient and consistent as possible. Right. So you know, if you're listening and your swing doesn't feel good, tomorrow you're going to feel different, and the next day you're going to feel different. You know, from from the day before. Yeah. But I mean, it all paid off uh, this off season because I ended up doing hit tracks for like the first time, and one of the balls I hit was like one on one, which I mean, where, what field were you at? Uh, Fenway. It was Fenway. <laughs> over, the, over the monster? No, close though. It was close, but no, nah, it felt. I mean, it felt good off the bat, and next thing you know, I look up at the computer monitor, and it was like one one. I was like, "There's no That's way." That's such a good feeling. Oh, it was such awesome. A good though. feeling. It was so awesome. But um, but yeah, I worked on the legs, the hitting, and then for me, it was actually speed work. I was just trying to get lighter on my feet, and for when I have to throw throw down from yeah. a, you know as a catcher and then also for running the bases mm-hmm. too so now let's move on to uh, some of our listener questions oh, here uh, we, go. we did we did my Instagram Instagram poll um, you know what what people wanted me to ask you so we're gonna go with the first one from midnight moose our boy moose all right what's up moose uh, how do you stay focused mentally ooh that's a good one um so during a game, like, you know, a lot of people look as at the catcher as, like, the field general. Mm-hmm. So basically, you know, I have the best view out of anybody on that field. So I have to know, I have to think, like, two steps ahead of everybody. You know, one, I got to think, how are we going to pitch this guy? You know, if I'm calling a game or anything like that, you know, because there's going to be scouting reports on that and everything. So we got to stick to that plan. Um so we got to do that. And then I also, you know, wherever a ball's hit, you know, I got to know where we have to line guys up or where the ball needs to go and stuff like that. So basically for me, like my mentality is, you know, I have eight other guys on that field that, you know, I have to take charge of as well. So mentally it's like it's my job to do the best that I can there. And it's my job to do what I can at the plate too. So like, you know, I already have a lot of things on my mind. So at that point, it's just it's basically, hey, we need to win this game. Yeah. You know, we we gotta stick to whatever plan that we had before that day and go for it. You know, so mentality is a huge thing. And at that point, it's just, hey, just stay relaxed, stay focused, and let's just do what needs to be done. All right, let's go to question number two. This is from the Dog's House nineteen. Favorite perk of playing baseball. Favorite perk of playing baseball? It's gonna be corny. Hey, corny sometimes is, is the way to go. But 
I think the best perk that I've had is all the guys that like I have met. Like obviously, if it wasn't for going to the spring league last year, I wouldn't have met you. Um, you know, or made any other kind of connections with guys. Because that's the thing. Like, you know, yeah, in college, like those are people that you're going to know the rest of your life. But here in pro ball, we're all in the same position. Like, there's so many guys that are either trying to get their foot in the door of pro ball or they're trying to, you know, get back into playing for an affiliate team or stuff like that. Like, at the end of the day, we all have the same dream. So we all have that same connection, whether we like each other or not, you know. And um, so I think the biggest perk is just the amount of friendships that I've made over just this past year. So... All right, our third and final question. <laughs> you can only imagine who I this is from. This I is from. This is from Mr. Cortezus himself. Oh, the Red Rocket. <laughs> no, watch yourself. Redneck Rocket. Redneck He's gonna get rocket. mad at you. Would you rather fight one bear-sized chicken <laughs> or ten bears the size of a chicken? One. <laughs> <laughs> one bear-sized chicken or ten chicken-sized bears. <laughs> Jesus. Is the bear-sized chicken grilled or crispy? God, I think it could be whatever oh, you want. Jesus, as long as it's not live. No, and Mr. Cortez's, I think it's crispy. <laughs> um. Well, I don't feel like getting pecked by it. <laughs> By that, <laughs> ten chickens. I could probably. Well, yeah. Let's go. Let's go with ten sized uh, chicken bears. If that's what it is. Let's a go chick, with a chick bear. Chick bear. Yeah. Because basically, they're just gonna be down at the ankles anyway. <laughs> Pun them like a football. <laughs> there you go. Get rid of them quick. All right, we're gonna do a quick uh, rapid fire round. Just to, to let everyone know you a little bit better, and then we're going to sign off and we're going to be done. Sounds good. Um, so I have, like, eight questions here for you. Favorite MLB team? Cincinnati Reds. Favorite cleats? Brand. Oh. Brand or style? Dude, that's um, so hard because I've switched between, like, three of them. Um, let's go with Under Armour. Any specific model? I like the Harpers. Yeah. Those are actually pretty comfy. I've heard good reviews about those. Yeah. Favorite bat? Same thing, brand and model or model. Jeez. Um, well, let's see. I I swung a, a beaver bat this past all or this past year. So they're out of Long Island, New York, um, Beaver Bat Company, and it's the uh, Andrew McCutcheon model. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, it I is. That. I had that in the Mac. But bat. but mine, I taped the crap out of the bottom hand. Like so at you're, the knob. you're you're a taper and not a pine tar guy. Oh, I'm both. You do both. I do. I, I I lizard skin, pine tar, and then I have like, uh, the flex tape. Mm-hmm. I flex tape the bottom, like towards the knob for like my bottom hand. Kind of all flared. yeah, huge flare. Huge flare guy. Huge flare guy, man. <laughs> we had to get one of those in. Uh, seeds or gum. Gum. High pants or low pants. Ooh. I could be a knicker kind of guy. What's your favorite, single favorite uniform in the MLB? So, um, like, out of all 30 teams, could be the road, home, alternate, throwback. 
Um, what's your what's your like oh, favorite one? Okay, so I got throwback. Definitely throwback. And I'm hoping that the Reds do it this year. But it's back from the nineties. Like late nineties. Oh, I think I know you're going with So that. it's the red pinstripe. It's back when Griffey like was playing. So like late nineties, early two thousands. Are these the best? Oh yeah. The, <laughs> oh, yes. the red the red pinstripe vest with the black undershirt. And the black, the black hat with the red bill. Those were back from uh, what was the what was the stadium name? Uh, Synergy. Yeah, Synergy, Synergy Field. Field. Yeah, one of the cookie cutter ballparks. Then, oh, yeah. then Pittsburgh and uh, Philadelphia. Yep. Um, okay, so you get your MLB call up, get your contract. What's your first big purchase you make? Oh, I, I was thinking something else. First big purchase. What were you thinking? Who's the first person I was going to call? Oh, well, we could do that, too. All right. Well, there's a lot of people. So. <laughs> first, first big purchase. Big purchase. That's a good one. Because I could use a car, but I could also use a house. Where am I, who am I playing for? You can play for wherever play wherever for you anybody? want. Play for anybody? Yeah. Ooh. This is dream scenario here. This is ideal. Oh, let's go with let's go with the car. Let's go with the car. Kind of car. Come on, truck. I mean, you're you're just made it to the show. You're making six, seven figures. Oh. What what would you, you got? You could blow as much money on this as, as you want. As much money as so I what, want. What kind of truck? Let's hear the details. Ooh, well, nothing too fancy. I'd go with that the F one fifty, but the blue. Okay. The blue that the Ford makes. Yeah, like the darker blue, right? Yeah. Yeah, those are sweet. Yeah, those I would go sweet. with that. Okay, so who would be the first phone call? Going back to what your original thought was. I would probably have to say my parents. Both yeah. of them together? Both of them oh. together. Yeah, I'd call one of them and be like, hey, got the other one on yeah. the line too. That, but, I feel like that's one of the moments you, at our stage, like just replaying in your head oh just to, to visualize it and just to feel what it would feel like to get there i mean yeah i mean being able to call them and be like hey like i finally made it i mean it was it was kind of nerve-wracking when they came out and saw me play last year um you know because yeah we're at the lowest level of indie ball but you know i'm at pro status now yep, exactly and, and you know being you're getting, able you're getting paid to play again, yeah being officially. able being able to see my dad I mean, he literally came onto the field when he wasn't supposed to. <laughs> like, was, you know, going crazy and just gave me the biggest hug in the world. Obviously because he hasn't seen me in a while, but he also, you know, knew that I'm doing what I love and I'm at that status now. So, yeah, definitely those two would be the people that I would call first. All right, so now you get the last question. Sit down in history with one player. It could be anyone alive or dead. Sit down in history with one player. Talk with them. Pick their brain. Uh, you know, go hit, go throw, do whatever you want. Who is it going to be? You should know this already. And I had a feeling you were going to ask this question. Griffey? No, 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 no. He, I mean, he would be good. Pete Rose. Oh, I like that one. Pete Rose. It's a shame he's not in the Hall of Fame. We're getting him there. He's, he's gonna we will there get him day. there. Somehow, some way, he will get there. All right, so before we sign off, I do, I would, would like you to, um, you know, through all of your experiences, um, for the purpose of this podcast to be informative, um, give direction, and really help people that are listen, listening, you know, further along their baseball career, to tell everyone that's listening what your advice to them would be. You know, um, it could be anything you want, just 
words of wisdom, um, you know, just something to help them further their career. Just go out and just have fun because there's no better feeling than knowing that you're going out playing with eight of your best friends. You know, um, you know, for some people, this game isn't going to last long, which I hate to say because you know, obviously for us, we're playing at this level, but we know someday it's going to end for us, and that's gonna that's a day that I really don't hope happens soon but you know one of these days you're going to be told that you can't play no more whether it's an injury or you know it's just it's your your own idea um just go out have fun play to the best that you can and just just take everything lighthearted, you know um and that just goes along with just having fun because that's the best that's the best kind of approach that you can have in this game you know because it's a kid's game so yep well, thanks for coming on with me, dude. dude. First freaking first podcast, man. Thanks for uh, having me. This was fun. Yes, it was a blast. Where can uh, where can everyone find you on social media if they want to get get to you? Connect um, with you? I have. I gotta look it up to be honest with you. I got Twitter, Instagram, um, and Facebook. So plug yourself right here. Yeah, let's go. I gotta look it up. I gotta make sure I have <laughs> so people don't follow the wrong person. So it's uh, P underscore Yorgi. 14 and yorgi is y-o-r-g-e-y and same thing for twitter What's, same thing i believe no. it's same thing it might be a capital p i will i will link those in the show notes um if you want to go follow pete or just go to my personal instagram um i will put it on the the show post and if you want to do some creeping we also have some pictures together where he's also tagged in uh, so if you can't find him you know he's on there somewhere just do a little bit of homework um but yeah man that's it. So I appreciate you guys for, for tuning in, listening, and I appreciate you getting dirty with me and Pete Jorgen. Till next time, guys.